You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. Collected Podcast. You are listening to episode 10. I am Tia McNelly, Michaela Hooper, and Jess Biondo. We are so glad that you have joined us once again. It is almost Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. I absolutely adore Christmas time. My family gets so excited. We were excited in November, like Mm -hmm. as soon as Halloween was over. Yeah. yeah, we were yeah. ready. Like, Get up okay, that Christmas it. tree oh, Friday right. after Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every year. Um, so we interviewed Julie Clark for this week's episode. Yes, and she is the worship leader at my church, Queen City in Charlotte. And her and her husband are such a powerhouse in our church. Mm-hmm. They started a um, ministry for young adults called Around the Table that she'll talk about toward the end of the minister or toward the end of the interview. Um, and I have just been inspired by her every Sunday when I see her. And so I just had to get her to share her story for us. She's just such a warm soul. You know, um, I met her. She came and led worship for a women's event at our church, Michaela. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met her for the first time. And the circumstances around Julie ending up in the studio with us are kind of wild because Sunday morning, Jess invited Julie to be on the podcast. And Sunday evening, Julie came and led church or led worship Mm -hmm. uh, for this this women's event. And I texted Jess and I said, hey, there's a lady from your church leading worship for our women's event. And she said, whoa, I asked her to be on the podcast this morning. So I went and talked with her immediately. So anyhow, it is absolutely divine to have on the podcast with us today, Julie Clark. Welcome to The Collected Podcast. We're so happy to have you. So glad to be here. Um, We would like to start off today by asking just a little bit about your testimony and how you met Jesus. Okay. So I was working in a coffee shop. Um, I think it was 1998. And all these Christians were in there all the time. And they would open up their Bibles in public. And I'd never seen that before. And I was in a, it was a place for me. I was a single mom and I was really seeking, searching. And um, one day a pastor came in and um, started talking to me and um, asked me if he could videotape me talking about why I don't go to church. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so um, we sat down and did the little interview and I had um, a lot of answers. I was very prideful. And I just felt like I knew more than he did because he was a Christian. And I really believe that all Christians were, like, um, full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, just hypocrisy. Um, Just didn't know how can you really live that way or whatever. It was, you know, I didn't know anything about Christianity. Um, So anyways, at the end of the interview, his last question was, when I say the name Jesus... What's the first word that pops into your head? And I said, light. And he was 
thought that was so interesting. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I, I don't know why, it just was. And um, he started talking to me about a few verses in the Bible about light. And um, I said, that's nice. And he left. And the next week, um, a, quite a few women from the church where he shared the video started coming in every week to the coffee shop to talk to me. And um, one of them was very brave and asked me to come visit her church with her on a Wednesday night. Mm. And so I did. I went with mm-hmm. her. And um, that was the beginning of a transformation in my heart. Amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was a few weeks. I'd gone to church with her. And um, one night it was late and I said, you know, I called her and said, I feel like I need to do something. What should I do? And she asked me if I had ever asked Jesus into my heart. And I said, no, I don't know how. And Mm -hmm. she just walked me through it. And um, it just, everything changed for me then. I believed that he was in my heart. And so from there, my life just completely changed, just in every way. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. That's an amazing story. And so in your life change, how did that lead to where you are now and finding your passion? Um, I have always loved music, and um, I played piano most of my life, and um, I loved to write songs. I think I started writing songs at about 17, and they were just sappy love songs. You know, I was in love with these little boys that, you know, you know, it's just this, I just loved love, really, and I was crushing on boys, and so I'd write songs about them, and um, when I um, got saved, it was like all that love I had was all for Jesus, and I just wanted to write songs about Jesus, and so I didn't have a piano, and um, I did have a guitar, and I didn't really know how to play it, but um, I would just pick out like I would turn to scriptures, Psalms, and I would just pick it, pick out verses that were special to me, you know, that did something to my heart and just start singing. Or I would just kind of write about like what I felt, you know, when I thought about Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. literally like a little kid. It's beautiful. And um, yeah, I just couldn't imagine. And then I didn't even know there was Christian music. You know, I knew there was yeah. Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, but I didn't know there was like worship I didn't know what worship was and um it was just yeah it was it blew my mind that Mm -hmm. people wrote songs about Jesus too Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I didn't think it up (laughs) so that's what I that's what I wanted to do with my life just write songs and you know write and I don't know journal it's about what he's doing and um I don't know. I just, that's all I really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of money. No. <laughs> Any oh. money. That's fine. Hmm. It's a gift. It's a joy to do that. Yeah. So, Julie, I'm so glad that you're here. I just want to say that. And um, I've known you and Casey for a few years. And um, listeners, you can probably already tell that Julie is a woman of great depth. And um, you feel home right mm-hmm. away 
when you're in her presence, mm-hmm. um, or at least that's what I've always felt when in my interactions with you, I just feel home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And I know part of that is Jesus and um, just how he's made you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to kind of, I guess, expand, uh, expound upon that, like tell us about home, like tell us about your family and, um, and your husband and how you guys met and all okay. that goodness. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> so Casey, I met him in the same coffee house. Um, yeah, this was a really important. It was a house. really. Yeah, okay. It was a Where very black caribou. It's not even there anymore. <laughs> yeah, but right. um, yeah, it it was special. Oh. It was really special. Um, yeah, he came in one day, and um, I wanted to be married. I wanted a husband, and um, you know, dad from the girls, and just a. Um, a man who loved God. And um, I think because of my past, I didn't think that that was attainable. You know, I just walked around with that idea that I've, you know, I have Jesus Mm -hmm. and I don't really think he could give me anything else like on this earth, like a man because, you know, of what I've done in the past. You know, it was just such a lie, but Mm -hmm. that's what I believed. But I met, um, I met Casey and I literally, I felt the Lord speak, like, into me, saying, this is going to be your husband. I mean, I remember, I remember seeing him, and I remember, like, time stopped, and I remember looking at him, and I was like, hi, you know, biggest <laughs> <laughs> scoober. And um, I, I just, you know, he had a cross on his neck, and um, I said, are you a Christian? And he said, yeah, and I was like, me too that's amazing. You're a Christian. You know, it was just whenever I saw someone come in with a cross, you know, it was like, oh, we're family. Mm. You know, it meant something. Um, So we, um, yeah, he he, um, took about eight months before he asked me out on a date. So you got the confirmation he was your husband. He was, and then I had to wait. Then you had to wait. I had to wait and wait and wait. And uh, man... It was rough (laughs) because, but the thing was, is like, I kept going back, Lord, I did hear your voice. Mm. I didn't make that up, you know, and doubt would come in and fear and, you know, all these um, lies, like you're never going to be married again. You know, you don't deserve that. Mm. Those lies was a, is a constant battle and Mm. a daily battle that I had to, you know, just smush. Yeah. Yeah. And so. And what a powerful reminder and truth that God will give us promises but that doesn't mean they're immediate exactly and that waiting period can be so important yeah still cultivating who you were turning into and for you to be able to overcome those lies and those thought processes and be ready for what he had for you next yeah yes yeah yeah so eight months, and he asked you out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. And um, yeah, we he came over one night, and um, I really had terrible taste in music at that point because I just didn't know any, you know, any Christian music that was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Just anything other than top ten. I just didn't know anything else. I didn't right. know there were, you know, mm-hmm indie bands things Mm -hmm. like that I didn't Mm -hmm. know and so he just kind of you know 
looked at the things that I was showing him and was like, oh, it's really great. And so anyways, after <laughs> he came over that night and, um, you know, we drank a, a pot of coffee and um, just talked and talked and talked. And it was really great. And at the end of the night, you know, I was like, why are you here? Because I can't play games. Mm. I can't believe I'm telling you all this stuff. <laughs> I love it. It's great, though. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, um, just after that, it's just kind of we knew he knew I knew and um just the Lord was in it and um it was something we wanted to fight for Mm -hmm. so oh that's a good good point um thank you for saying that just then it's something you had to fight for yeah um even before you were married yes right something you had to fight for and I think that goes along even with our promises being fulfilled that um sometimes that's actually the very point at which we give up when that thing that we've been promised is right there but we've got to fight for it and we have to contend for it Mm. so um Mm. that's really that's amazing that that's a part even that part that you can that you verbalize like we had to fight for it yeah because um I think sometimes that's where we give up and that's where the greatest fruit comes right is when we fight for it yeah yeah. Yeah. Wow. So your family. Yeah. So guys. Yeah, we got have, married. Yeah, we did. And um, so we have four kids now. So we have Caitlin and Lainey, and um, they are twenty four and twenty two. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look old enough to have a twenty four year old side note. <laughs> but and um, and then Celia just turned 16, and Ben is 12. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. It's pretty great. And they're precious kids. I've had a chance to meet all of them. And it's really it's awesome to see you and Casey in both of them. I haven't spent a ton of time, mm. or in all of them. Um, I haven't spent a ton of time with them, but it's just it's cool to, to see that in mm. your family. So. Tia McNelly here. You may know that I spent years as a labor and delivery nurse coaching parents through the birth process. I nurtured them through the scary and joyful moments of walking, waiting, and working harder than they'd ever imagined, and then finally watching as the precious thing they'd conceived came to life in the outside world. Though I'm no longer working as a nurse in the hospital, it's my great joy to continue coaching people, but instead of babies, I'm helping people just like you birth their dreams. Do you feel like there's something growing inside of you and you can't quite picture it, but you already love it? Like you might just burst at any moment? Are you both exhilarated and terrified to think of what it would be like to have this thing out of you and in the world? If you know that God is calling you to start working on your dream and you have no idea where to begin, I can help. Let's do something great. Visit tiamcnelly.com coaching to learn more or email hello at tiamcnelly.com to get started today. Going back to talking about like when you said you had to fight for it, yeah, um, kind of tying it back to the the music and your passions with that too. Is there a time where you had to fight for that or wrestle through questioning this path you were on and your calling with music? Oh yes, um, I think you have an idea um, in in this 
of what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean to be successful, you know, in worship, um, just in this church world? And um, for us, we, you know, we looked at, oh, radio, play, um, followers, um, conferences, you know, being invited into things. And, um, yeah, or go to Nashville and become, you know, singer-songwriter or whatever. So, um, yeah, like throughout our life, I think the thing that we've done is allow family to trump all of that. Mm, yeah. You know, and it's kind of it's not disappointing by any means, but at the time, you know, it just feels like oh, a little heartbreak. Yeah. You know, like I have to let this go or maybe I'm not good enough or you know, all these insecurities come up or maybe I'm just not wanted or maybe blah blah blah. And I just feel like if I look back now, I could tell myself something, you know, back then mm-hmm. I would have said, you know, just stay on the course mm. because, you know, everything that is happening right now is for your good, mm. you know, because he's good. Yeah. Mm. But I think, you know, he is not good when it's not going my way. Yeah. Mm. You know, so how do you get, you know, how do you get him in front of your yeah. way? Literally, you know, how do you see his face instead of like, your own that's good you know and so um yeah I think I've wrestled with disappointment throughout music and you know um just putting it down over and over and over again and um the last time I really put it down was when my daughter Elena she had Lyme disease she was very sick and um back in yeah 2017 she um, almost died from Lyme, and um, I think it was that summer, or the, no, the year before that, in 2016, I put down music, and I put down God, really. Mm-hmm. I just said, I'm done. I'm done with this. It's too much disappointment. I can't believe that she's this sick. You know, I can't believe that all of the songs I've written, all of the desires in my heart you know, like you don't care about any of them. That's what it felt like. Um, we had done this album at the end of 2015, and um, it was just a, a five-song EP. And, you know, you have these great ideals for it, you know, where it could go or um, who could be blessed by it, you know, and um, I definitely did. It was like, um, you know, a wandering time um, where we dug and dug and dug and, you know, believe the people would come and eat the fruit. And it just, you know, it didn't do what I believed it should. And then with her being so sick, it was like that on top of that. So I just was like, I'm done here. And um, I just stopped going to church for a long time. Casey would go without me. It was just a terrible time in our marriage. You know, um, it was me um, being just so rebellious and so just, I'm, done with the Lord I'm done with this idea of why have I wasted my whole life as a Christian writing songs about Jesus and his goodness how can I sing a worship song you know and talk about you are good you know how can I how how can I believe that and um so yeah there was a long time where I 
just was sad and um yeah and it was um it was i guess in 2017 uh she was healed and but it wasn't you know just like all of a sudden she's healed and everything's great you know the lord had been working on me like literally chiseling out my heart Mm -hmm. you know um it felt like i had put like an ice wall you know around my heart just cold you know and slippery where he couldn't you know grab a hold but literally chiseling away at my heart and I also believe that God you know he ran after me he came and got me and I don't think I believe that he did those things before this happened so yeah um there was beliefs that came into my heart um as I put down you know other ones maybe that were lies that you know weren't him Mm -hmm. and as as I would set those down he would put a truth in my heart Mm -hmm. or he would lead me into you know to hear a speaker or um you know talk to a friend who I don't know had something just for me you know and um yeah through all of that it was just like he used people Mm -hmm. to bring me back chisel my heart out and to remember whose I was Mm -hmm. you know and whose she is yeah. And um, whether she was going to get well or not, to believe that he's good and that he wants her to be well. Yeah. And I think that was the big life change for me, mm-hmm. to believe that again, that he wanted her well and that he would do it. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I mean, the struggle through disappointment is such a real thing. and. I genuinely believe that everything you just shared may have been for one specific listener who is just in that place of not feeling seen by God and, or feeling so disappointed by the circumstances in their life. Um, so if there is like one thing you could tell that person right now, what would that be? (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot with that Um, question. (laughs) Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, stay the course. Yeah. Yeah. Just fight, mm-hmm. you know, fight. And um, every wall that we put up, you know, to protect ourselves, um, it, it's so easy for him mm-hmm. to get through that wall. What are we doing? <laughs> Making walls, you know. There was this, um, there was this woman who I heard speak, and she... Um, felt like there was a wall and um she said how do I get through this wall and the Lord laid a a feather in her hand and he said it's this is how easy it is for me to break through your wall as easy as a feather you know and um I don't know it's just stuck with me that anything I put up to to keep him away is just a ridiculous like it's ridiculous yeah He's just like, I'm, you're mine. Yeah. I love you. I'm coming for you. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that I would say, um, believe that he wants you and that you're his. You know, mm-hmm. believe that there are good things for you. And um, I think that the dreams that he's put in your heart are from him Mm -hmm. like the things that you're desiring i don't believe that we come up with that stuff by ourselves i believe that he's put 
those dreams in us, you know, and we need to fight for those dreams. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though, what it looks like, you see? Like, we have these ideas. We've, like, literally colored you know, the paper to for it to look a certain way. And when it doesn't, we just write it off. That's bad. That's bad. Wrap it up. Mm. You know, get rid of it. And instead, the tapestry that he's weaving mm-hmm. is just, it's 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 woven with gold. Yeah. You know, and so I just, that his picture is so much better. Mm-hmm. You know. Something you said about allowing God to be in front of you. Yeah. Like keeping him in front of you. And... I think that, that that really stuck out to me as you were sharing bits, that part of your story, like, you know, keeping God in front of you and what does that look like? And then you kind of just touched on that, like, it doesn't often look like what we think it's going to look like. And so yeah. to stay the course and to not, I guess, not try and make it look a certain way is really hard yeah. a lot of times because we we want it to look a certain way or we think it should look a certain way yeah. and it never really does. Right. So what's something like even practically that you could kind of that you yourself in this season of life are doing oh to yeah. just keep him in front of in you. In front of me, okay. Yeah. Um I literally say things over and over and over and over and over out loud. Mm-hmm. I speak over myself. Good. I yes. trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You love me. You know, I believe you. Mm-hmm. I believe you. You know, like literally simple, simple stuff. Like this, I say it all, like all day long. I trust you. I believe you. You know, you have good things for me. <laughs> you know, you want the best for me, not second best. You know, you don't have leftovers for me. You have the very best for me. So that, and um, I go to my piano every day, and I sing whatever comes to my head, you know. Instead of trying to write a song, you know, it's just like, be with me, be with me. One thing that really helped during my time um, where I was, you know, healing, when he was chiseling away at me, um, I went to this Concord House of Prayer, and we would have one set um, at like 8 a.m. one morning a week, and it would just be, you know, this time of coming back to the Lord and it not looking like anything, you know, what worship had looked like for me before. It was just us and the Lord, and, you know, um, to, to really, like... Um, I did be able to identify what his voice sounded like so that when we get back into these times where we will struggle, mm-hmm. I remember what his voice sounds like. I know it because, you know, we have had this intimacy yes. together over and over and over. So I think, you know, doing things over and over and over is a very good thing. Yeah. You know, a very good thing. And just speaking it out loud, like you said, even if your mind doesn't believe it, there's power in Mm -hmm. just saying Mm -hmm. truth, even if you don't feel it in that moment. Absolutely. I think it can start to shift something in your brain and your heart. I do too. I really do too. Well, thank you for coming on. This has been just a wonderful 
wonderful conversation and such important truth. Before we go, I want you to share about um, something you're doing now at our church. We, Julie and I go to the same yes. church. Yes. Um, with the Around the Table. Yeah. Okay. So we have a just a gathering once a month, um, 20 to the 30-somethings, and um, where we get together one night. And um, usually it's a Sunday night, and we eat. Everyone brings food. Um, we provide the main course and um, we just have all these long tables out and we eat together laugh together and then we um, move the tables out of the way and sing and just worship and enjoy him and we have communion mm-hmm. and it's just a really great night of um, family yeah. you know what does it mean what does family look like we just are all about that mm-hmm about um, setting the table, extending the table. Mm. So you should come. I will. I'll, I'll be yes. there this Sunday. <laughs> good. Next yeah. time. Good, good, good. Good. Oh. Thank you so much, Julie. Yes. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. What an amazing interview and such a timely interview with the holidays and this talk Julie shared so much about her struggle with disappointment Mm -hmm. and I feel like the holidays can sometimes bring up a lot of disappointment for people. That's so Mm -hmm. true. That's so true. You are reminded of loss or Mm -hmm. um, sometimes of hardship that you've gone through um, especially during the holidays and I think Julie um, just pointed on the fact that in our disappointment we um, we have to continue to fight and we have to continue to um, seek God in the midst of our disappointment and trust that as we do that he will be present to us he will seek after us and um, I just I mean I love loved hearing parts of her story that I've I've never heard before and I've known her for a few years and um, so it's just really powerful when you get to sit in in the midst of somebody and hear their story and there again there's so much depth to who she is Mm -hmm. so yeah I really identified with Julie um on a number of levels first of all being a mom of a teenage girl there's just instant bonding that occurs when (laughs) when you have that in common um and especially when you are raising them in Christ and you see all these changes that that come about. So she and I have had a couple conversations about that, and she's just so encouraging. Um, knowing that she was a single mom and I was a single mom too, we just kind of bonded. And then there was something she said in the very beginning of the interview <laughs> when she was um, talking about being uh, being being interviewed about why she didn't go to church. And that, and she said that she felt like all Christians were kind of full of crap. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm just going to get super real for a second and, and be honest and see, sometimes I feel like I'm full of crap. Even when I'm sharing my most honest um, take on the life and the faith, I, mm-hmm. I can see why people think we're crazy. Mm-hmm. But you can't understand. You almost, you are incapable of understanding who you are until you believe yeah and so you know if you don't have that veil pulled back it does seem like we're full of crap but 
Anyways. Or very trite. Like I say things sometimes and it just feels like, I know this sounds like I'm being naive or simplistic, but this is genuinely, like I do believe God is good. Mm -hmm. And that can sound like a load of crap. Right. You know, if you've never experienced that goodness. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, it just sounds kind of naive sometimes. Right. Or insensitive. Right. Mm-hmm. Times, like, um, I think even amongst believers, mm-hmm. um, you know, something I felt like as Julie was talking that, you know, she was, she didn't feel like she had, had to have all the answers. Um, and I think that that's really powerful. Like sometimes there is nothing to say mm-hmm. and sometimes our disappointment doesn't make sense yeah and that's okay and i really heard that in her story and so you know i think even as as believers we can draw from that and realize you know we don't we don't have all the answers and um but to make something always make sense but what we do have is the truth of who god is yeah and that he is good and, um, I mean, that was woven all throughout what she had to say. So yeah, yeah. I'm thinking such a powerful interview. And it leaves us with the hope that even if you are struggling with something this holiday season or struggling with a disappointment or an unmet longing, mm-hmm. um, just that reminder to stay the course, as Julie said, and, um, yeah. email us if you want any additional encouragement at hello at collected workshops yeah we would love to pray for you and we would love to pray with you and help you through um in any way we can yeah um without trying to be trite exactly so merry christmas merry christmas thanks for joining us Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.